0: You're listening to K&J Recaps. Okay, everybody. Welcome to K&J Recaps. Um, I am Jess. I am Kim. And you are here listening to us recap episode four of the Netflix original series, Stranger Things.
1: Oh my God. Oh my God. It's so
0: good. So good. We are clearly Stranger Things addicts and... um, because it's summertime and we're still getting things up and running, we're kind of going through the series at a bit of a snail's pace compared to everybody else I know.
1: I feel like this is the most torturous example of TV watching that I because I am a person who is a hundred percent like I will watch a full season and a half in a weekend of a show that I'm really into. So watching four episodes over the course of like a month and a half has been brutal, but really worth it. the show's getting so good.
0: Absolutely. And yeah, I have had to avoid all water cooler discussions because nobody can remember what happens in what episode, which is so much the case, especially with a... Netflix series because it does just fade episode into episode so I just yeah. we don't let anybody talk and
1: And BuzzFeed. My god, there is so many BuzzFeed articles about Stranger Things. All of
0: the I spoilers. I mean
1: that like that's where I get my news. That's <laughs> <laughs> I don't read it. I just ignore that too. That's right. Yeah. So,
0: we are doing episode 4. Uh obviously this is full of spoilers. The whole point is to recap everything that happened kind of chronologically throughout the episode. Um so if you are not looking to be spoiled, then we suggest you go back and watch. And um, the other thing is, as we mentioned, um, this is kind of a new thing for us. We're new to podcasting. And so over the past week, we've had the chance to really get through listening up to episodes one to three as we've been editing them. And we absolutely recognize that we are going through some learnings when it comes to the audio. <laughs>
1: there have been some growing pains. <laughs>
0: And we thought we were such experts to start with. So uh, if you've stuck with us so far, we absolutely appreciate it. We actually are in the same room this evening. So again, we're trying something new with the audio. But uh, rest assured that we're continuing to work on quality. We recognize how important it is for a podcast that you want to listen to. So thanks for sticking around. Yay. Okay, well, let's dive in.
1: Okay, so episode four, the body. <laughs> uh, okay, so... We open episode four like just moments after the end of episode three. So all of the Hopper and the cops are at Joyce's house having after having discovered Will's body in the quarry. Um, so the cops are searching the house after having been told by Joyce that about this like monster that came out of the wall and she legit sounds crazy. Like we know that Joyce isn't crazy, but I mean, even knowing that she really did see this stuff happen, she still absolutely sounds like a crazy person. Um, so I don't really blame Hopper, um, and the other cops for you know, for questioning her story. Um, and Hopper, we have seen like thus far has been like pretty open to, um, suggestions about out of the ordinary things that could have occurred, right? So, like, he definitely really hooked on to the whole Hawkins lab, um, questions yeah. and whatever. But yeah, he is, he, he is definitely thinking Joyce has lost it at this point. Um, so he's trying to explain to Joyce that they found Will's body in the quarry, that he is dead, and Joyce is just not hearing it. She is begging Hopper to believe her. She just talked to him and kind of takes him to the cubbyhole and shows him the lights and and everything.
0: Yes, which doesn't make any sense. Yeah, not
1: helping her cause. I mean, at, at least in trying to convince him that she's not crazy. Um, so he really kind of, you know, like there's a bit of a moment here where like Hopper is talking about his own experiences with the grief, uh, after losing his daughter, Sarah. Yeah. And so he really obviously thinks that this is grief taking hold of Joyce and, um, you know, she's, she's losing it because she hasn't come to grips with the fact that she's lost her son, but is a hundred percent, you know, like lucid when she says to Hopper, like, you, you have to believe me. Um, so it seems like Hopper does, uh, by the end of it, he thinks that there's something there because he gets in his car and he s- starts the engine and then he second, he second guesses himself and he like turns off the ignition and looks like he's kind of like ready to set, set up camp in his car outside Joyce's house for the Yeah, night.
0: I, I really loved, like I, um, I always have a hard point or hard time rather with this kind of point in a show where you're still f- struggling where the, you as the audience know That the character is not crazy or wrong, um, but the other characters don't recognize that. And I always find that a really tough thing to go through because you're just so frustrated by being like, of course there's something in the wall. And I really think this episode deals with this issue because at the end of this episode, we are no longer in that same place. Because there's just too many of these stories happening independently. Exactly. Um, And I, I really continue to grow to just really be like connected to the Hopper character. I really respect
1: Agreed. him
0: and like everything that he figures out and he, you're absolutely right because you're frustrated as the viewer and then the second he like yeah, kind of is s- like designs yeah, like, himself without any words yes. to stay the night there.
1: Like just just to th- when you get to the point where it is hitting that line The line that you're talking about, where it gets to the point of frustration, where it's like, okay, it is almost, you know, like annoying to watch a show where... The main character and you, the viewer, know something that no one else will believe you about. And then then the story becomes less about resolving this mystery and more about simply convincing these obtuse people who are are ignoring all of the signs. And, you know, and that like that, like right as it comes up to that point, and I felt that a little bit. Um, later in this same episode when Nancy is being questioned by the police about oh, Barb. Without
0: Hopper there. Yes, Absolutely. without Hopper there. You can,
1: I mean, like that He's is blatant too. <laughs> like that hop- Hopper is the brains of this operation. Absolutely. Um, but anyway, yeah. So like it really does a great job of kind of taking us up to that point. Um, and then... Giving us what we want, which is, you know, the evidence that is needed to kind of bring key people over to Joyce's side so that we can move on with solving the mystery. So do you think that in this scene, then, that Hopper is staying, staying the night in his car to watch over Joyce because he thinks there might be something to her story or because he's like afraid for Joyce, you know, in terms of like hurting herself or, you know, losing her mind?
0: Yeah, and it's it's super hard to tell. I, th- I think I feel like it's probably both, although he doesn't want to admit the part of, like, maybe it's – because I really do think his story of his own grief, um, you know, is really – obviously, that's a big thing for, I think, him to even talk about. Although I really like Joyce's response where she says, you're talking about grief, and I recognize – and this yes. is not that. And she's like, really, I think that's the point where she's the most kind of clear. And 100%. then she goes back to being like, well, these, you know, he was talking to me through the lights in the cupboard. That part is a little bit harder to, and it's just so out there. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so maybe it's a little bit of both, but it doesn't take him long to then follow up on some of the other leads that come up later in this episode. And for him to just really figure out that um, maybe he doesn't even fully believe that, there is something third-worldly coming through the wall, but he is so suspicious of that lab Yes. that I think it's like, okay, if these are the kind of people who can like Do this level of cover up? What are the other things, right? So maybe, yeah, like I'm in agreement.
1: I don't necessarily think he's think he's sitting in his car in order to protect Joyce from a monster that's going to come through the wall, right? But I think that there is just enough going on that's making him suspicious. That he thinks that even if it's not exactly what Joyce is claiming to have happened, that he is suspicious enough that something happened. Yeah, that he wants to be there in case something else happens. And then there's this great shot. So Hopper's like in his truck and he's just, you know, like, you know, settled in for the night. And then Joyce comes storming out of the house and stomps across the yard. And she goes out to the shed and then storms out of the shed with an ax in hand, getting, going back to the house. And then she just sits on the couch in front of the wall where the creature came out and just waits. Yeah. I loved it.
0: Yeah. I was, I was like, I really didn't know what she was gonna do with
1: the ass. Joyce is a badass <laughs> yeah, bitch. Absolutely.
0: It's I amazing. Love her.
1: Yeah. Um Yeah, so that's kind of it for the the Joyce
0: that's right and that kind of moves into like there's that music montage because jonathan they've got him in his room listening on the headphones to music which is kind of again music played over top and at this point obviously you know the music's been discussed at length the soundtrack has now been released which i haven't listened to because i'm afraid that there's a spoiler in it or something yeah it has it has been out released so um yeah there's kind of like music playing over the top and then we transform into scene two where we're with um Mike's parents uh, discussing, obviously, at the end of the last episode, Mike saw the body come out of the water. He's extremely upset with what he thinks Eleven misled him um about. And so his mom just kind of says he'll come to us when he's ready. Um, they're really kind of hands-off, those parents of the 80s. It's <laughs> everybody <laughs> to themselves. Yeah. Um, but fair, and um so Eleven is playing with that radio, and this is another Kim Theory coming to life in this very moment of this yes. scene. I was so happy to see this. So um Eleven is fooling around the radio. She and Mike are well, Mike is very angry and and saying really angry things to her, and as she's fiddling with the radio, you hear Will singing should I stay or should I go? Um, which obviously we heard in an earlier episode as well. And Mike immediately knows it's him. like yeah. I, And just completely changes the whole thing. And um,
1: Eleven's nose starts to bleed, bleed when we hear Will's voice. Yeah. So it definitely indicates like the fact that her nose is bleeding indicates that she has intervened in some way in order to make that contact happen,
0: yeah which i think they figure out pretty quickly the, the kids too yeah. right because it's not they couldn't just be fiddling around on the radio and catch him it's right. that she needs to be there as that
1: yes that really kind of wasn't even a question in mike's mind channeling him
0: yeah exactly yeah. so and yeah of course she ends by saying "Will," like she knows that's who she's been looking for right and um,
1: just as a point of interest in this scene like when we start the scene mike is flipping through these hand-drawn pictures are they those relevant in any way? Are they? I was like, are they pictures of Demogorgons? Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember These what the pictures were. But yeah, do just know. Like, flipping through sketches.
0: Good question. Mm. I, if they are, I did not pick that up. So, A If listener. any viewers out there <laughs> have right. any
1: theories, eventually we have information with which you can use to contact us. <laughs>
0: That's right. That's the next step of the podcasting. <laughs> Pod- podcasting. <laughs> <That's> 101. <right. laughs> places for you guys to leave feedback coming any day now (laughs) any day um and then we move into the awesome credits yes yes
1: um so really quick shot joyce is awoken by uh will but it's actually jonathan and uh he wants to go to the morgue um to identify will um, And then we just qu- cut quickly to Mike telling his mom that he doesn't feel good and doesn't want to go to school. The worst
0: s- fake sick ever. Seriously, Mike, who
1: like who do you think you're it's convincing like, with his acting? Yeah, I
0: mean, I, I, you know, granted, obviously, I don't think his mom buys it either. She just, but she assumes it's more out of.
1: But kudos rating. to like the Mike actor because yeah. it's like an actor playing a kid who's acting who badly. Act. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but he did not do a very convincing job, but, uh, Karen, I think is fine with it. I mean, like, as far as Karen knows, uh, Mike's best friend just died. So, um, and again, in a, in a pretty hands-off way, she does offer to have Mike come with her for, you know, her errands and stuff. And she's going to go check in on Barb's mom because at this point Barb is missing and Karen knows that. Um, but when Mike says no, she's like, "Mm okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, of course, as soon as she leaves, Mike is fully dressed under his covers and he contacts Lucas on the walkie talkie. Lucas does not want to hear it, but Mike really wears him down. And then without going into details, Mike just tells Lucas, um, there's something important about Will. Get Dustin and come on over.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, pretty quick scene there. And then we move to the coroner. So, Uh, This is where we really get some kind of juicy details, because I I think I certainly at the end of the last episode was like, I just don't understand how we're going to reconcile these two things. Like, he's obviously not dead in the sense that he's communicating with his mom, and yet they're pulling his body out of the water and real police officers think it's him. So, like, how do we figure that out?
1: This did not... I did not... When we had that um, discussion uh, in episode three... The fact that this could be a dummy and not an actual body never crossed my mind. Me
0: neither. And I think it's definitely intentional that it's not Hopper in the water pulling it out of the water. Yeah. That it's these kind of like. And then obviously um, what we learn in the scene um, is that the men from state sent the coroner home. So Hopper walks in and is looking for the coroner. Um, and he's not there. And that's obviously who they would be dealing with with dead bodies all the time. And obviously it really strikes um, as very strange that the normal coroner was not involved in it. what is supposed to be just a simple disappearance. Like he, we hear Hopper's introduction at the beginning. We think he was riding his bike. He fell in. He got lost. Something fell into the quarry. Like that should not be as suspicious as it's being treated in this case. So yeah, I have my notes that someone did the state from the state the autopsy, and then I just have ah, it's <laughs> <Like, laughs> so crazy. Oh um, so obviously, everybody's spidey senses are tingling when that happens. We see Joyce and Jonathan go in; they're behind the glass window, which you know from television shows we know is very common. Um, but the reactions are amazing here because Jonathan sees them and immediately.
1: He's going to be sick. Yeah,
0: he's going to exactly. He's going to be sick. That's my brother for sure. And Joyce, badass that she is, is just like, Excuse me, there's a specific birthmark. Yes. Can you please show me it? And then it cuts away yeah. from that. So you don't see the response buy it. to that. Yeah. But just like, I think you see a moment where she has to force herself to stay there, but she's just like so strong that she's going to look for that.
1: For sure. And I think that, I mean, like, it could be a relatively easy direction for them to go to. Like, I could definitely picture other TV shows where there's, like, a main character who holds this belief that everyone else is telling them they're crazy. And then I think that, you know, it would be kind of easy to go down a relatively tried and true um you know storyline where the main character themselves might question their own sanity. Yeah. And um it like Joyce doesn't do that not once,
0: Absolutely. not ever.
1: And I love that. It's really kind of like she knows what she saw, she knows what she did, she knows that's her, you know, son yeah. that is talking to her through those lights and she doesn't give a shit it yeah. about anybody else thinking that she's crazy and I I love that they didn't go that route. Yeah. Because I think that that would be the more traditional route to I treat something like and that. And how
0: could you – I mean, it seems hard to believe because I, as a viewer even, were like, okay, so there's Will's body. This is going to be an interesting thing to yeah. figure out. And then they make an interesting decision here by – she asks for the birthmark. They cut. They show you Hopper and Jonathan. Hopper is trying to get out of Jonathan how long this kind of behavior has been going on. Mm-hmm. There's references, I think, to Joyce's earlier – Anxiety, uh, Exactly. Anxiety problems. And then in the middle of that, Joyce just bursts out as, like, screaming, that is not my son. So yeah. you don't get th- – I mean, I think it's pretty clear she didn't see the birthmark. And right. So, of course, that's not her son. Like, she just proved it yeah. with science. Yeah. <laughs> but they – you don't see those characters get that. So it's just kind of the the last little bit of that, you know, exposition. Although we, this time as the viewers, didn't get to see it either. So it's kind of a neat – yeah pause before we're gonna go back to the corner obviously again for sure um yeah i really like that scene
1: uh totally agree um, So at school, Nancy is telling Steve that she went back to his place to look for Barb and that she saw this like man without a face. Yeah, so she um, saw the
0: monster for she sure. She saw
1: the monster for sure. And I don't think that I mentioned it when I was talking about the first scene when the cops were at Joyce's house and they were looking, but she also described the creature as a human looking thing, but it had no face. So we're definitely, they definitely saw the same creature. Yeah. Um Steve, unsurprisingly, is a total dick. <laughs> Uh he's No like,
0: no character evolution for Steve. No nope. I yeah. mean
1: maybe in like a downward <laughs> spiral. Coming, yeah. Uh so he is only concerned about how bad it is for him that the cops are now going to be questioning them about Barb's disappearance because he's gonna get in trouble for the for the party. Um so Nancy seems to finally be getting a clue about Steve's dickery Agreed. dickishness.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh yeah. So, so she kind again, of yeah. she storms off. Because she can't believe that he has absolutely no concern for Barb.
0: Yes, and viewers everywhere are like, "Finally, my God, this guy's been like this since the beginning." Take your
1: hairdo and go,
0: Steve. That's right. Barb was right the whole time, Nancy. <laughs> this is, but and and it is like the blaseness of two kids missing in this town. Oh my god, yeah. I,
1: I, honestly, it's not just Steve. Like, this whole town, I'm sorry. Like, remember when we were talking in earlier episodes that we were like, shit's gonna be different tomorrow. They're gonna, <laughs> they're exactly gonna discover Barb so gone and now everything's, it's gonna be on total lockdown. Nope. <laughs> that it is, is not. one of our
0: predictions that was obviously incorrect.
1: <laughs> not accurate.
0: Everybody's still out at night. <laughs> and, like, doing The whatever, cops I'm like, like she
1: probably just like... Went on a road trip.
0: The, she probably ran away Thing. Okay, we're going to get to that scene, but that is the craziest...
1: I know. That is, like, that is the only spot, really, of this whole episode, or, like, of the show so far, where I feel like, you know, one of those kind of stereotypical yeah. reactions yeah. that we find so frustrating. Like, that was... I that was like, come is. on!
0: There is definitely an out loud what... Or like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um... Okay, so we move on from Nancy and Steve and we're at Jonathan and Joyce. So Jonathan has tracked Joyce down in the middle of downtown Hawkins and they have—they really have it out on the sidewalk in front of people everywhere. Um, so everyone's kind of watching and it's the discussion. It's Jonathan saying we need to move forward and bury Will and yeah. plan a funeral and you're being crazy and Joyce. Um, yeah, just...
1: She doesn't care. Yeah. She doesn't care that she sounds crazy. That she's in front of people. And that even,
0: I mean, to the point where she's not even going to bring in her other son. And I guess at this point, maybe she just figures that's not worth the effort given what she has to do to get Will. And Jonathan is pretty grown up and kind of would have that adult mind frame too. Mm -hmm. Like, What do you mean
1: she's not going to bring in her other son?
0: Like, she won't bring Jonathan into the fold. Like, she's not working to try and explain what's happening to him. Like, there's no, like, let's go sit in this room together. Yes. You are not leaving my side for the next 12, like, hours while I know he's going to come back. Because he's come quite a lot of times. Yeah. Um, But I do think you're seeing, too, in that age difference. Like, the kids, like, the younger kids are so much more... It only takes a little bit of evidence before they're like, absolutely, we believe this. Versus, yeah. you know, Jonathan is just like, no. Right. And then there's that really heartbreaking end to this fight where he's like, I'm not letting him sit in that freezer for another day. Meaning Will, because he knows he thinks it's Will's body. Yeah. Um, And he's going through grief. Like, this is what, you know, her mothering decisions here are interesting because her, yeah, her son is heartbroken that his brother... In his mind is dead. Yes.
1: And it's almost like, it's almost like because Joyce knows so firmly that that isn't Will, that Will isn't dead. She's not pausing for a minute to, um, to recognize that from Jonathan's perspective, he's just lost his brother. That's right. Yeah. So I definitely see what you're saying there. I mean, like she's almost, she doesn't have, the time almost, she's like, she's really frantic in all of these scenes. She's very adamant about what she knows, but she's frantic about moving forward. Because, um, you know, re- at this point, really, I mean, like the police, Jonathan, everybody else is of the opinion that Will is dead. So if it's not her, it's no one. That's right. Um. So yeah, I think yeah. you're right. Like jo- from Jonathan's perspective, he's probably feeling kind of abandoned by yeah.
0: her a little bit. Yeah. Hard not to be, you know. And then he
1: does say when he's talking to Hopper about her prior anxiety issues and whatever, he does say to Hopper that, you know, he's worried that because he's never seen her like this before and he's worried that this might be something worse. So, I mean, like, we know that Jonathan thinks that, at least at this point in the episode, that she might be, you know, spiraling into, like, real mental illness. Yeah. Um, Which would not be
0: unheard of if you, with a sudden traumatic event. No. Like, like this for sure but then both
1: he and hopper had this really real, real moment where they're like you know she's really tough and and hopper was like you're right she is i mean like there wasn't much said there except i feel like the tone of it really spoke to that history yeah. that we haven't seen but That's are right. getting hints of between joyce and hopper
0: yeah no absolutely
1: um so at mike's place 11 is playing with the walkie talkie she's trying to get will back but um uh, the sound that's coming out, there's like, they're hearing little like whimpering sounds, but nothing much. Um, Lucas and Dustin have arrived at this point and, uh, Lucas thinks they're picking up, uh, a, a baby monitor. Dustin seems a little bit more willing to believe that it is Will. He did say like when Will, Will fell off his bike and broke his finger, he made sounds very similar to that. So, you know, we have Mike on one end of the spectrum, Lucas on the other and Dustin somewhere in the middle. Um, so Mike tells them that he he feels that Eleven is channeling Will in some way. Um, but again, Lucas is like, we all saw Will's body pulled out of the water. Um, and, uh, you know, Mike contradicts that uh, 100% he feels that Will is alive. So they, they think that they need to get Eleven to a stronger radio to make a connection with Will. So, aha! There happens to be a giant room-sized radio at their school. Which
0: requires a makeover montage before (gasps) they can go. 80s makeover (laughs) montage. Hooray. Oh, I loved it so much. It was super
1: cute. They do. I mean, like, uh, Eleven looks like she would stand out in a crowd, as she is currently. Um, So this montage involves Mike doing her makeup surprisingly well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then a wig and a dress, and then she's pretty. Yeah, good. good.
0: <laughs> <That's right. sighs> uh, so and I, I love like that. she still very much stand out in a crowd. Like, they do eventually have to take her into public like this. And I'm like, who is buying this ensemble and wig? <laughs> what, the wig and dress? Yes.
1: <laughs> she's Swedish. I mean, That's like. Right.
0: <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it is a great, yeah, the the lip gloss application and everything, so.
1: And definitely we're seeing, I mean, no surprise here, but we're definitely seeing Mike's
0: little puppy Absolutely. love
1: emerge.
0: And Elle getting to, um, you know, she repeats the pretty good yes. thing, too, getting to, like, obviously be a kid a little bit there, or at least kind of, Yeah given what everything that we see in terms of montages a big or sorry flashbacks is this is a big difference from her previous experiences yeah yeah so then we move and we're back in the basement of the lab um the hawkins energy lab and we immediately get that clue of the particles in the air and um someone is walking through the room and i the thing i wrote down was more sophisticated outfit uh because i kind of mocked the white that's right it was like it was the it was the
1: step beyond the ghostbusters hazmat suit
0: that's right it was orange (laughs) and um that is because they're gonna send this sucker into this like what, it, to this point, has only been hypothetically decided by us um, and was confirmed here is, in fact, a portal entry uh, wall thing. And that was a winch that we saw connected to the floor in the last episode. Yes. Uh, and this guy drew the short straw, is all I can think, because um, he's... Shepherd is his name. He is going to go into it. So Dr. Brenner is there. We're getting that same growling noise. And then he basically, it's like jelly consistency i
1: don't know it's something it's definitely Squishy. organic yeah. and it like opens for him and then closes behind him
0: and it's still got like pulsing and kind of like so is lights. this
1: is this portal like a conscious entity
0: <laughs> you really have to see More space in order to really appreciate that that theory <laughs> um well and then we see it spoiler alert in later in this episode in Joyce's house we see the same like organic in the wall kind of material do we yes wait <laughs> <laughs> like a portal yeah underneath the wallpaper. She sees it for, like, a little bit.
1: She's trying to, like, Mike is... Well, yes, yes. Okay, I just, like... Sorry,
0: not that she can go through.
1: Okay, yes. Yes,
0: okay, good point, yeah. But it's, like, it's that same kind of, like, what I'm calling squishy... Yes, like... Like, yeah, organic, whatever. Like, yes, that the, the closed captioning wall.
1: calls oozy. Right.
0: That um kind of, like, appears, but not as open. You're right, like, it's not, like, how this... Well, like,
1: I took was, it, like, there, there was, like, a... There was like a, um, a transparent partition between them.
0: Yes, but don't you feel like that's the same material that's in like?
1: Uh, oh, I get what you're saying. But like
0: in the Hawkins lab, it's open. Okay, but in this time, because Mike was kind of like pressing,
1: right, right, right. Like you could
0: kind of see him through it. But yeah, really no, mean. Anyway, that whatever that is is re- obviously related because I think it's pretty obvious that that Hawkins guy gets, or not Hawkins, sorry, Shepard gets sent into. That same world that we saw Barb wake up in, which is where we're quite confident that Will is. Which is
1: our world. That's right. But a different dimension. That's right. Or a different time? Time? (laughs) question
0: mark? (laughs) So more will come on that one. But for now, Shepard is winched into that and is walking through that world.
1: Um, so at school, Nancy's pulled from class to talk to the police about Barb. We have already talked about this scene a little bit where the police officers are morons. Like, uh, so she tells them that, um, she told Barb to go home from the party. They have a little bit of an argument. Nancy went upstairs to change her clothes. The, the police really grab onto that in a way that is annoying and not at all relevant about what Nancy was doing upstairs with Steve. Um, so I don't under, so they keep referring to, so Nancy has already said that it was like this man without a face, right? That yeah. she saw in the woods. Has she, she
0: said that to? No.
1: She said it to Steve, didn't she? She said that she saw a oh, yeah, man without did. a face to Steve. She said it
0: to Steve, but but I, to the cops, yeah. they
1: keep referring to it as a bear. Yeah. So, do you think that she deliberately told the cops that it was a bear because she didn't think they would believe her about the man without a face?
0: Or? I do feel like man without a face is something that doesn't get said except for two.
1: But at the same time, she says that she thinks that whatever she saw took Barb. Um yes. And, uh, you know, she's trying to convince them that something real and wrong has happened to Barb. And they are convinced that Barb essentially, you know, went out of town. Potentially fueled by jealousy of Nancy spending time with Steve.
0: Because Barb's car is missing. Oh, right. Which is super weird. So... It's got to be the lab. Exactly. And so I'm really annoyed at Nancy in this scene, really through the season in general. But, mm-hmm. um... Like, in addition to, yes, if you feel like you saw something from another world, that is definitely tough to say to authority or adults when you're not sure what you saw. But she knows she saw Barb's car there. They yes. Like, there is a scene where you see her go by it. And she says, you know, they say something about her car's not there. And she kind of says, it's not. But, but she, she says doesn't...
1: they went back, that their theory is she went back and got her car right. and then went out of town.
0: But then where was she hiding for the entire Day, like I just want her to have more backbone, Agreed. and Karen to have more backbone for her daughter. It has no relevance on the entire thing if she was upstairs having sex with Steve. No, not at it all. Doesn't like that can totally and, happen. And Barbara I mean, still
1: missing in a later scene when she's confronted. Nancy is confronted by her mom about that very thing. She does stand up for herself in That's right. that moment. Yeah. But in this one, you're right. She's very passive. Yeah. She, you and, know, kind of gets walked all over.
0: And these cops are terrible. They're terrible. Like, they really, I, yeah, all you can, all I can think of is, is, I really wish Hopper was in this interrogation. It's too bad he's not because they are related. Um, Although, of course, we're going to see where Hopper is. But, um, yeah, so it's just it's just frustrating because now you you look like you're dealing with separate things. Although I don't think Hopper is going to leave that for a second anyway. So no chance. You're just going to see this.
1: I mean, like I, seriously, I I give Hopper all of the credit. All of the things that he doesn't know yet, I feel it is a very short matter of time before he connects those dots.
0: Yeah. So uh, we then get to see where Hopper was. I also. Um, really liked this scene, really just because I like all of the Gary or the Hopper scenes rather. So he has tracked down the oh,
1: coroner. Yes, the coroner. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so the coroner um and Hopper just says, you know, why would you not have done it? Again, getting to what I had said earlier, just this is supposed to be an accident. Has this ever happened to you before? Mm-hmm. And Gary, the coroner, says they came in and claimed jurisdiction. So we're just getting that backup that Hopper obviously that wasn't just that he found that out at the office and then was like, eh, whatever, that's weird. He's following up on it. Yeah, for sure.
1: And then it's um, it's interesting when Gary, the coroner, says, you know, um, I thought it was a whole lot of fuss considering. Right. And Hopper was like, considering what? And he said, considering this is the body of Will Byer and not JFK. Right. Like, why were there so many state troopers? Why did they claim jurisdiction? Why did they kick... You know the coroner out of his own office. Yeah. All of this, it's very um, clear, is not um, normal protocol. Yeah, it's not which initial. I love
0: the like, and we're gonna get to this too probably, but I just love the madcapness of the entire cover up. Like, how crazy is it to cover up? The finding of a body by producing a fake body like without, that is the dumbest
1: without without of them. all the places that they were gonna go this
0: is not where like, i thought they were gonna and go and i really think it just speaks to like i just love the campiness of the hawkins lab and it gets back to like same as those white hazmat suits that just look so <laughs> homemade and i like, really
1: thought honestly i was like i would maybe be giving them too much credit, but I would have put cloning an exact replica of Will and having that <laughs> body above stuffed, stuffed human body doll That's any right. day.
0: Because obviously, like, not only is it, I mean, sorry, you're in a small, small town where things that happen that are out of the ordinary are magnified mm-hmm. to the nth degree. So already it's strange that the Hawkins lab is there. We've already discussed that. But then, yeah, this Gary guy is going to be like, what the fuck? Like I've I have been the coroner for like obviously a long time. He's an older guy, and this is the only time and he likens it to like the assassination of a president in terms yeah. of the level of secrecy. Like that is not although then we see the level of the cops who interrogate Nancy, so maybe I'm just, you know luckily we have Hopper there to
1: My God <laughs>
0: intervene. But um Thank
1: God for Hopper.
0: It is just a crazy idea that you could cover this up. So anyway, we will move on and further discuss that in a bit. Um, okay. So the boys,
1: uh, with 11 on the back of Mike's bike are headed to school to get to the stronger radio. And just as they enter the school, an announcement comes on that there's an assembly, um, in remembrance of Will. Uh, so the boys are cornered by their teacher. What's that
0: teacher's name? The AV? I cannot remember. I think I have it. Yeah.
1: Um, so they're cornered by the teacher and uh told to go to the assembly and after the assembly uh he will give them keys to the AV room to have um full access to the computer i'm sorry to the
0: um, radio. Radio. Let's go the computer. Step back technology. <laughs> uh, yeah,
1: so they introduce Eleven to him as Mike's, um, <laughs> Swedish cousin. And I thought that this was great. Like, I loved, this showed a little bit of dy- of a dynamic of like how close these boys are. Yeah. That they backed each other up on this lie without hesitation. They all like, it was like, um that's my cousin second cousin uh where are you from bad place she's from sweden sweden's bad (laughs) like it was just like this like ding 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 they just rhymed it all off and the teacher was like okay (laughs)
0: Sounds great weird. very uh 80s sitcom too you oh, know yeah. just like perfect plan hatched by children nothing could possibly go wrong <laughs> exactly. and and it is a great moment like it, yeah just a really funny and more opportunity for dustin especially to like showcase his hilarious his comedic chop absolutely yeah <laughs> um so that switches really quickly back to that um scene we already kind of talked about with nancy and karen fighting and it's it's, she's come home from being with the cops and she does stand her ground here, but she's really frustrated that no one's listening that something bad has happened to Barb. Um, and so
1: this is like, we already talked about this, I know, but like, it's, it's true. Why does Nancy have to work so hard to convince people that something bad happened? Yeah. When all that we know, I mean, I granted, okay. So from, okay, from, from Karen's perspective, it is a terrible coincidence that will went missing, and shortly thereafter Barb went missing because at this point, will is no longer missing. Will has died because he had a terrible accident by following falling into the quarry, right? Yeah, so I guess I get it on one on one level, and yet I would think that in the very small chance, at least in Karen's mind, that that isn't what happened, that, you know, the fact that no one has gone missing for 60 years, and now two people have gone missing in a matter of and days. And a suicide. Yeah, and a suicide. I mean, like, exercise some caution.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is a great, um I think what they're really trying to kind of convey is this If you don't behave like Karen in the sense that, like, okay, this has a rational explanation and it's quite sad, but that's Will's body in the quarry, then you look like Joyce. And you're like, that is not my son. We're not going to plan a funeral for that thing. And then you sound like a complete and utter nutcase. And so it's like, in order to fall in line and stay with the norms and, like, not be crazy, then you're kind of like the – like, even Steve – And like the others who are just kind of like, meh, everything's coasting along like normal. Just don't tell anyone we had any beer. It's like, there's, my friend is missing. And that's crazy that she would ever have left, you know. Right. And and cops who are more concerned about teenagers having sex than kids going missing. And um, parents. I I mean, like,
1: maybe that is a symptom of the fact that. It doesn't happen there ever.
0: Yeah. And so they just kind of...
1: Yeah. So it's like if this were a big city and it happened all the time, when someone goes missing, it's because something bad really could have happened. Right. But maybe from, you know, essentially what they're portraying is that in this very small town where bad things don't happen, that the conclusion that people leap to is not something terrible has happened. The conclusion that they're leaping to
0: is that this is... So it's just a normal explanation. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, so Nancy runs up to her room and finally looks closer at the picture that she ripped up. Oh my God. How long have you been hanging on to those pictures, <laughs> Nancy? When well, we already said, like, Jonathan was the last person to see her proven through those pictures. So, um, she notices that above Barb. So, like, you're seeing from that perspective of where Jonathan was taking the pictures that thing monster no face whatever there's a shadow but you're, you're getting the sense that she's seeing that oh figure.
1: Yeah. She's, yeah she's seeing the this creature whatever thing. this
0: thing is yeah
1: yeah for sure um okay so back at the lab dr brenner is trying to contact Shepard, who is the you know the Zucker. man in the higher tech suit who's yeah. gone through the portal um so he's contacting him through through uh, communications device or what is that called intercom
0: yeah, some kind of radio.
1: Okay, thank you. Um, So, okay, this was really interesting, actually, because I backed up this scene several times to see what Shepard's response was. Right. And I was watching it on the closed captioning, but what I was hearing Shepard say and what the closed captioning was actually really? saying was not the same thing. So you know how sometimes on closed captioning, when things start to get a little muffled, it just shows inaudible? Yeah. So, um, so, okay, to back up a little bit, Shepard says, um, Dr. Brenner asked Shepard, what are you seeing now he, that he's through the portal? And so Shepard is in the process of describing what he is seeing to Dr. Brenner. So, um, what Shepard says is that it's low visibility. I'm about one click south of the blah, blah, blah. But in, during this portion, when he's saying this, um, closed captioning is just saying, I'm unable to, you know, like, determine where I am. Oh. You know, it was completely different. So I wrote down, he said he's one click south of the rift or of the rip, and which I assume he's referring to the portal, in which case I'm like, is this a rift in the space-time continuum? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's fair.
0: I think time could be, like, because you're seeing everything – because he also says that everything's, he says it looks the same. Basically, yes, right? everything
1: and, is still here, but it's eroded, and there's very low visibility. True. Um, so does that mean that the creature is us, but evolved? <laughs> da, da, da. Oh my god! I really all of my theories. I should say that really,
0: we really um, should. We should have music underneath all of the theories too. I feel yes, like. Like old school or like 1920s <laughs> organ music. Is that um, that is, like, a really interesting idea.
1: I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I feel like maybe I don't even believe that theory, but I'm throwing it out there. As but possible. I do the have that kind time of... Time, like, I think, is... Yeah. Except, I mean, like, okay, how, how much time would have had to have passed for us to have evolved into faceless creature man? Uh Maybe Probably that millennia. part isn't... Because, I mean, like, would Joyce's house still be standing? Well, that, yeah, that's a good point. You know? Maybe not. True. I mean, there was still a lawn chair by the pool.
0: Right. (laughs) But it did look apocalyptic. Like, it did look like something had happened. Yeah. Right? And uh, Like, the vines everywhere and everything. So, I... Electricity
1: apocalypse? (laughs) That's right. (laughs) It's all coming together. Alternate
0: universe? Like, we're... Yes. Alternate
1: universe is what... Like, a a different dimension is still kind of what I am. So, like, I'm leaning towards a parallel dimension that is existing like it's coexisting with our own right rather than it being the same dimension but a bend in time that allows us to travel forward to the you know what I mean right yeah um but fun to fun to theorize absolutely um so he says, Shepard says to um, Dr. Brenner, after he describes what he's seeing, that there's something else in there with him. So he's like, he's yelling, he's distressed, obviously. The team tries to reel him in um, by the cable that he's tethered to. Um, and then the cable goes really tight before it goes really
0: slack. Air. Uh, It's like that scene in Jurassic Park where, like, the goat is there, and then suddenly the goat is not. The goat is no longer there. Yeah.
1: And then what they end up reeling in is a big bloody mess. Gross. Shepherd. I know.
0: Which, like, this monster is really covering a lot of ground.
1: Is there more than one? Right? Yeah, like, but then, there, he's I mean, not, if there's an alternate everywhere. dimension, I mean, he, he couldn't possibly be the only inhabitant of the whole world. Right. And then, okay, so let me ask you this question. So throughout all of these, you know, like dealings with the portal, every time you're in that lab basement, there's all the growling, you know, they really make the growling, you know, Evident yeah. in the soundtrack of the show. Yes, is that the show building atmosphere, or are we to presume that that creature is in such close proximity to those scientists that they are all hearing the same growling that we're hearing?
0: I thought it was the growling of the actual portal door thing. Oh, the portal
1: growled.
0: But I don't, totally could be because it always is
1: because it's a sentient being
0: you like, and what's the, like, snowy stuff?
1: I don't know. That's also really, Particular. I mean, Ash from the Apocalypse. That's right. The ultimate dimension. Wow, we're really.
0: Guys, This ooh, is. A really- I don't even think we need to watch the rest of the, episode, <laughs> the episodes because this is. You guys, if we just throw out
1: all the things, <laughs> then one of the things might stick.
0: <laughs> this is secret- how we're getting theories
1: on, um, so. <laughs> so often like Absolutely. they're true so often um only because for every theory that comes true we threw out 50 that did not
0: for we're future tellers for sure <laughs> so uh, that yeah so end of, end of shepherd end of shepherd uh so then we are in the school memorial terribly organized by the teachers of this school um and the oh. principal is talking about will and the boys and l especially the guys who are Will's closest friends, you know, bring up the very valid point that all of these people are just fakers. They didn't, you know, know Will. And obviously I think these kids are not the most popular kids in school anyway. And so they're kind of like, you know, no one really pays attention to us. And then one of them dies kind of thing. Yeah. Um, And then especially those bullies that we've seen come up through numerous episodes are just kind of being, jerks and you know laughing and telling jokes during it and uh l immediately says mouth breather which is really funny because that's who how mike <laughs> described the person who total beat him up yeah um and so after the assembly uh there's kind of an uh, interaction between the bullies and the guys and mike just i think he's had enough I get it more that than he's trying to, like, make an impression for Elle. I really just think he's like... Oh, I
1: I absolutely agree. I don't think that it's him posturing for for Elle. I really think that it's just he feels, you know, rightfully um, infuriated by the fact that they, you know, were laughing at Will's death. Even though Mike knows that Will isn't dead. Dead,
0: yeah. Agreed. And he's with it enough to not be like, he's not dead. But yeah, so they... Um, get into a physical fight. Mike pushes him from, Troy is the bully's name from behind. And of course, like everyone's like, ooh, because oh, he's going to get it oh, now. Oh, yeah. And uh, as Troy makes a lunch for Mike, all of a sudden he's obviously can't move. He's stuck in one place and pees himself. Mm. Um, NBCL obviously controlling his movement, like, or not preventing him from moving. So he's kind of like frozen in place. Yeah. And uh, the mocking changes very quickly from Mike to Troy.
1: And then I love, too, I mean, so... um Eleven doesn't have much of a nosebleed after this. It obviously didn't take a whole lot out of her to make Troy pee his pants in front of the school. So instead of it being like her really wiping away blood, instead of it was just like a, you know, sort of touch of the nose and a what, you know, like walks out of the, the gym. Absolutely. Drops the mic and take that, Troy. Yeah,
0: exactly. So another kind of demonstration of her abilities. And recognized by the boys, especially, that it's her. Oh, yes, for sure. doing it. So, yeah.
1: Um, so Jonathan is picking out a casket for Will when Nancy arrives at the funeral home to ask him for help in um, identifying whatever it is that she's seeing in these pictures. I gotta say, even though I recognize that it's for a good reason, because Barb is currently me- m- missing, it's a ballsy move, Nancy, coming to the funeral home. Where Jonathan is picking out a casket for his brother. And it
0: takes her a long time before she's like, maybe this is not appropriate. I
1: know. And
0: also very sad when the guy's like, I don't know what your budget is, but we also I have these know. caskets. So like, and oh. Poor Jonathan.
1: I mean, like, I know, I know he doesn't need this casket and yet you can't help but feel for him. Yeah. Because, you know, he's there doing this alone. And Being the
0: grown up. Again, like the inversion of like Jonathan's one who's like, no, he's dead. We have to do something. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: So Nancy brought the picture that she's taped back together that shows this like creature um, in uh, Steve's backyard hovering over Barb. And Jonathan tells her that, you know, he definitely sees something there, but in the moment when he was witnessing it live, she was just there and then she was gone. And he thought that she just took off. Um, So Nancy shares with him that she saw some kind of weird man at Steve's place. And then she kind of hesitates when Jonathan asks her to describe what he looked like. And as she is describing, you know, Jonathan fills in the blank, which is like, He looked like he didn't have a face. So this was like the little... This is the payback
0: moment right here. This this is the moment that Jonathan
1: needed to realize that there is something to what his mom is talking about.
0: And Nancy to be like, she's been so humiliated to say this. Someone else just said it before she needed to. Just a great moment of like, and you as the viewer know, okay, it's going to get real now because... This is two people who have corroborated each other's stories. Exactly. Who really trust each other. Like, we're not talking about people with agendas. Yeah. There's already a relationship there, as we've discussed. Like, or at least the possibility of one. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes. Oh, exciting. So, I, I keep getting the Hopper scenes the way this works out. It's kind of nice. <laughs> so, now we got that great... This is a really great scene, too. So, Hopper is drinking in a bar and... The way this scene starts and the way it ends is just so well done. So he's um, drinking in a bar and I at least really thought it was him blowing off steam that he like when things get too much, I really thought even in those first few like minute and a half of the scene um, before you kind of get the expose that this is what he does sometimes when he just needs to take a break. So he's, uh, you know, buying the guy next to him a drink and he starts talking about how um he's celebrating because his daughter won the spelling spelling bee today. Yeah. And of course, So of know. course
1: that is the cue to the audience.
0: Absolutely, that, right?
1: That he is undercover in this scene.
0: Okay. So you thought that was the cue? Okay, so I still thought this was Hopper just being oh. like this at this point. Because he did the same thing in The Forest with the teacher, right? Where he's like, I have a daughter. Or he mentions his daughter and it's another cop who says, yeah, his daughter's dead.
1: Right. So like, you know what? Mind- I mean, like, I didn't even think of that earlier scene with the teacher. Had I thought of that, I probably would have thought of it the same way. Yeah. But I did. I okay. I didn't actually. I thought that as soon as he said he was celebrating his daughter's win at the spelling bee, I took that as okay. the cue. Okay. And I mean, like, we see in a scene before this one um, that you know hopper has paid close attention to um the the news that is that keeps running the same guys you know interview yeah um so i feel like it was as soon as he started talking about his daughter at a spelling bee that i started putting those kind of things together. together uh
0: yeah so he's talking and they you know just seems like a proud dad Um, and then he says to the guy, you look kind of famous. Um, so I was in it with it right until about this moment. And then he says, yeah, I'm the guy who found the buyer's boy. And you just, the switch here from like, like the second he gets that he's, he's kind of, you know, he's got the guy in his, in his tentacles. Exactly. And so he's just starts asking the questions that, um, you know, he wants to know. So he's asking about state jurisdiction. Why would they be at the quarry? They wouldn't have been on patrol there. Um, he recognizes that the guy's lying and he's asking him what that is. The guy's like, what's it to you? He says, I'm just a concerned citizen. Um, so the guy leaves and, um, and kind of says, thanks for ruining, you know, the drink or whatever. Like, still kind of yeah. thinks that he's not.
1: Yeah. You know, just yeah, like, he's I guess. Like, he, I really don't think that, it, because obviously he doesn't know that Hopper is a cop. Absolutely. So he just, you know, thinks like, well, you're a jerk. Yeah. Uh, you ruined the game. And I don't care about your questions. Yeah. So goodbye.
0: So he follows the guy outside and starts kind of laying into him. And, uh, now
1: this is kind of like, I did find this to be uh, in a bit of an in- insight into Hopper. As a character. Yeah. Because, I mean, he is obviously like he's beating the he's beating the information out of this guy. And to be honest, I mean, like, I don't mind. I mean, he is doing it for all the right reasons. He's getting to the bottom. He knows that this guy is involved in this bigger picture, like conspiracy so, I mean, like do what you got to do, Hopper. But I mean, like it definitely shows that Hopper is not kind of a everything by the books, right, straight-laced.
0: To the potential detriment of his case because obviously not going by the books can cause real problems. Like right. the information found out obviously from a Witness who's got the shit beat out of them will not count. At the right. end of the episode, we see him breaking into the yes. national lab. But like, so
1: it it appears to me at least that, and I mean like, okay, so at this point, Hopper is more concerned with getting to the truth yes. than he is for what will or will not be admissible if it ever goes to court.
0: And I think with that comes, so I, I definitely think there's an obsession there. I, yes. think, I think he probably has like an obsessive, you know,
1: Hopper is more Mulder than Scully. That's true.
0: <laughs> there's the analysis. Exactly. And like, you know, he, the way he's attached himself to this case, the way he kind of like obviously has dated everyone in Hawkins, like he's just kind of yeah. like obviously kind of floundering in life is the way they seem to be projecting him. But then I also think there's a lot of savvy behind it
1: yeah. because like he's read
0: everything about Dr. Brenner. I feel like perhaps
1: this case, this conspiracy is what is is giving him – renewed focus yeah you know after floundering in this small town after the death of his daughter taking these mystery pills sleeping his way across the town yeah drinking beer for breakfast and not showing up to work until noon like four donuts i mean like he now has found something to live for maybe yes
0: which just may be problematic because agreed it's like too much yeah so if he
1: you know becomes obsessive over it then it really could lead him down a pretty dangerous path for sure
0: where you see like parallels with him and Joyce right because Mm -hmm. and where maybe he this is why he is a little bit more likely to take her seriously so yeah so he do you think
1: maybe at the end Joyce and Hopper will end up together
0: (laughs) we're just shipping everybody in this show why not come on
1: I mean I I feel like that would be a match made in heaven
0: and why did Lonnie show up
1: oh my god (gasps) so true I don't know I, my first instinct is Lonnie has been paid off by the same men in black. It that certainly paid seems off very the, suspicious. Yes. Yeah, agreed. Yep.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Hopper's looking. He, he mentions the NSA and Hawkins specifically. There is a car watching this altercation happen, which was quite out in public and during the daylight. The car speeds off. So,
1: yeah, I'm kind of hoping I'm thinking maybe that this was not in Hawkins. Um, he's a right, state, trooper, it's like the so state trooper, so maybe he left the town. So yeah. I'm, I'm really hoping that, uh, essentially Hopper will have remained anonymous and none of this is going to come back and find him. But then him. who do you
0: think was in the car?
1: Oh yeah, like a hundred percent. I think that Hopper will not have remained anonymous to whoever the, the person, um,
0: the observing
1: lab. them is. So I assume that the person in the car is amongst the people who paid okay, off yeah o'brien who is the name of the state trooper i think who found will's body and then the i believe that the lab is behind the payoff so i definitely think that hopper would be on the lab's radar
0: yeah like i gotta the would it be like the switchboard people yeah I would, think like, like these men and black stuff. people. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So unless the lab were going to set Hopper up for a fall, mm-hmm. you know, of some kind where they were going to, you know, like bring him in for questioning related to this assault on, you know, O'Brien, um, which I don't think will happen because it would only call attention to their giant conspiracy. Then I think Hopper is essentially scot-free on this particular assault.
0: Except for the last scene, is him breaking into the.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. I think that Harper might get himself killed. That's
0: okay. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't think that he's going to be like uh, going to trial
1: for assaulting. Okay. Okay, Sorry. I see
0: where you're coming from. Yes. Okay. That is absolutely true. So yeah, my concern is yeah, not that it's going to be a like a legit jurisdiction thing, and more that he's got himself in trouble. Oh yeah, he's gonna
1: get disappeared if he's not careful uh yeah so the guy says too like so as the car the car drives off right and the guy that hopper is pummeling is like you're gonna get us both killed that's right and then he runs off and hopper is
0: yeah whoever these people are it's scary for sure so okay
1: um okay so really really quick um shot just of joyce she's back home She is playing should i stay or should i go over and over again and she's screaming to will um, to talk to her and then we're back at school with the boys who finally have access to the transistor radio and 11 closes her eyes and starts to concentrate on the radio uh, and then we have a flashback to her back at the lab with dr brenner she's got the monitors on her head like we saw before and he is telling her that he wants her to find a man in a picture that he's given her and he wants her to listen to the words that that man is saying um, so uh, just as a quick aside here, when he was giving Eleven these instructions, he said, just like in the nursery rhymes that yeah. we used to recite. So it really is calling back to our previous discussion about how he's really made himself a father figure yeah. to Eleven and probably to... And
0: raised her from... Raised her from yeah, younger. from babyhood.
1: Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, I really I really feel like that is a method that he is using to, you know, maintain control and cooperation, not because he has any real affection um, towards her. Um, Yeah. So then we see down the hall in that same building, I presume the man from the picture is reciting words out loud um, and then. Instead of doing what she was instructed to do, which was to just simply say out loud the words that she's hearing this man say through her telepathy, instead, she taps into the audio system in the building and his words sort of like ring out through the um, through the speakers. Yeah. Um, so what do you think, like, do you think that there is any significance to the fact that she did it that way instead of doing exactly what Dr. Brenner asked?
0: To me, it seems that she's more powerful than he expected her to be. Mm. Like, is that what... Interesting. What do you think?
1: I guess I didn't really have an answer. Yeah. I thought that potentially because her telepathy is somehow tied to electricity right. or something that, you know, she that was the only way that she could do it. Right. I mean, maybe she couldn't hear what he said in her own mind. Maybe the only way that she is able to find out what he is saying is by using you know
0: something else something yeah. else yeah and that totally yeah might be it too i uh, i just got the impression that she was like showing him what yeah, she like could she's, do he's like you have to you know do this and then maybe that would be in the future instead she's like no nah, i'll just go bypass it you want to hear him here you can actually hear him yourself yeah take that brenner exactly <laughs> <laughs> um
1: so we're back in present day 11 is still working to find will through the radio and then the light bulb bursts overhead, and we hear this banging through the radio. Yeah. So the next scenes um, are, are a cut back and forth between the boys at the radio in the school and with Joyce. Uh,
0: yeah. So we hear this banging. Um, you know, Joyce is calling, and she can hear it on through the wall so she runs out into her porch to try and find it behind but clearly the wall is just a it's just, she's just a outside there's exactly nothing there. there's nothing so it's the, the banging
1: there. that joyce is hearing is the same banging that the kids are hearing through the radio yeah so joyce is essentially hearing it live, live. and the boys are hearing it through like
0: how Ella's hopped into them they're just getting exactly. the audio of what's And they, happening they are hearing it from will's side right Right, of, yeah. So then she's figuring out that it's in the wall, so she takes off the wallpaper removed and this is where this is where we have kind of already talked about this, but the, where she gets this glimpse into this other world. And so to me that like skin covering of it looks very similar to what is in the basement of right, the okay. Hawkins lab. Yeah. Um she's calling to Will, and this is the closest we've come to seeing um to seeing Will. You can kind of like get glimpses of hand like there's definitely a, a person right there against that stuff um and so she asks him where he is so this is where we get his description so he says it's like home but it's dark and empty um and the boys are listening to this through the radio and she yes um, it's
1: it's interesting that during this um they can hear everything that will is saying yeah but will can't seem to hear them um like they're trying to communicate with Will but yes. Will is not acknowledging anything. And then I don't know if this is true or not. Okay. <laughs> Continue? Um so so you tell me cuz I can't remember. Could any of Joyce's side of the conversation be heard through the radio? I don't think so. So
0: I was going to say that too, but I really don't think so because I don't think they could realize they have not put together. So this is another thing about like the us knowing what the characters don't. That Joyce is this connected to what's going on? No. Like, and it's that, that's kind of, I think what's going to happen is that the kids and the adults are going to have to, because yeah. they would so find gonna complete, have utter, utter allies in each other in this Joyce case. Joyce and
1: Hopper, Nancy and Jonathan. Yeah. The boys in 11.
0: Yeah. Like, it's the, everybody's going to converge here with I think
1: stories. though, I mean, like, not necessarily in the interest of this particular story. Like, it would make sense for that whole group to get together. But I feel what is more likely to happen in terms of the type of storytelling that they're calling back to in the 80s is that Joyce and Hopper are probably going... I would see their storyline remaining separate and apart from the the kids. You know, I feel like it would be less likely that the kids would join forces with the adults.
0: Yeah, I think because what I really... I'd like to see the kids and Joyce join together because yeah. I think they are the people with Will's number one interest in mind. Uh, yeah. Hopper wants to figure this out, and he's got, I think, his own absolutely self-redemption story tied into this now somehow. For sure. And – um
1: Yeah, like, I definitely think that it is best yeah. if they all join together. Yeah. I'm just calling but back even, to, like, right. what, you like, know, like, the, t-
0: the, the type of
1: movie slash show that I think that they're making. Yeah. I think it would be more likely to have the kids be – separate. Yep. Because it's like, it would essentially handcuff the kids a little bit if their storyline became intertwined with those of adults. Because then ultimately you would have to defer to the adults, to the adults somewhat, um, certainly more than they are right now, um, in terms of authority and decision making. Like right now, the kids are running their own show. But if they joined forces with the adults, I feel like it would change their dynamic a little bit.
0: I agree if Joyce and Hopper joined. But what if just Joyce and the boys joined? Because in that yeah, case... Yeah, you're right.
1: That that would be different. I think it,
0: everybody is kind of on the same plane. Because yeah. I think even Joyce is a bit of a kid.
1: Right. I, you're right. In I her, think like, that Joyce yeah. would give anything that Mike has to say as as much credence as, you know, like... Any adult. Exactly. More so probably. Yeah.
0: But if it is going to be Joyce and another grown up and whatever is going to happen with this Lonnie thing, which could be a problem.
1: That's going to be a problem. Yeah.
0: Then. Lonnie's um,
1: there for no good.
0: Not at all. And like, it's not good how happy she was to see him. No. Nope. Either.
1: Um, so, yeah. I, so I feel. Like, oh, sorry. No, I'm no. just like, I know that I'm jumping ahead, but like, I really feel like the Lonnie thing playing out. Lonnie is going to. He's showing up out of the blue after showing not a care in the world for. For I'm not believing Will. that he's
0: really missing. No, exactly. Like, yeah.
1: Lonnie is going to be the listening ear for Joyce to, you know, spout all her theories, yeah. which we know are true. That's right. And then, and Lonnie them- is going to accept them, right? at least to Joyce. Yeah. So I think that what he is going to be, the purpose of him being there um, is to gain her trust. And yeah. I think that he would gain her trust through pretending to believe her. When no one else does, and I think that he is probably um there after having been sent by the lab, yep. the men in black goons. Oh, fucking Lonnie.
0: <laughs> Which will be interesting though, because now Jonathan is much more likely to believe Joyce. So. Oh, yeah, for sure.
1: I mean, like, I really feel like, you know, if Lonnie had showed up a day later, Joyce wouldn't need that that support, you know, because Jonathan knows now, Hopper knows now, Nancy knows now, you know, but I I don't know. I just I think that he is going to weasel his way in in some way. And I think that's the way to get there right now.
0: Well, and she's been so strong for so long. So... So, this scene just even so will is describing it. he says it's like home, it's so dark and empty um, and then he references that the something is coming, and I just oh but, yeah, what Joyce says here is just so crazy, so she um she says she's going to. Come and get him out, but for now he needs to hide. He needs to hide. The, okay, the tone of this
1: whole scene, the ramping up of the suspense and the feeling of threat, mm-hmm. imminent threat coming down on Will was done so well.
0: Absolutely.
1: Oh my God. It was like, I was, my heart was racing. And, um, Winona Ryder just did like such a great job in this scene where she was like, I will get you, I will find you, but right now you need to hide. And the growling is getting louder yeah. and louder. And it was oh my god, like the 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 franticness of it um was great.
0: Absolutely and and just like how much of her she gives to stay calm and like mothering and a leader you know what i mean like she's not even in that world and she has no real idea as to like right what it is she's gotten a glimpse of it through the wall or whatever but yes. she's just like yep you have to go hide facts. so if
1: this is like okay so if this is um essentially the same as it is home but colder and darker and empty or whatever so ultimately then would will have been outside the house would he <laughs> yeah yeah A
0: you know? good question
1: would he have been on the porch?
0: Yeah, maybe. But you're right. Like, how would they be talking through a wall in, like, the normal... I don't
1: know. Maybe, yeah. I'm, maybe I'm thinking too hard on that. And
0: I just am surprised that this monster is so easy to hide from continually. Like, it hunted him down so well in the... Our real world. And right. Barb, too. And then yet, he's been able to evade it now for, like, two whole days in this Has other it world. Has only been
1: two days? I think, I think it's been longer. Really? I think so.
0: Yeah, maybe. But anyway, like for days now he's been able to Yeah. Hide in cupboards and stuff when like Does he need food
1: and water in that Well, yeah.
0: And this world doesn't seem to have like very few people in it. And like do we get the sense that Barb was eaten and she is now? I for really real don't dead? think
1: that Barb is dead.
0: Okay. I feel like Then Barb... why hide from this monster?
1: I don't know, especially because she would have had to have fought the monster off and then get out of a pool. Well she was then... trapped
0: in a pool. Like I really feel like she got A shitty location. Oh yeah, to be captured because she's in this like pit of difficulty to escape. (laughs) That is what the pit is (laughs) of despair. The pit of despair, and uh, no, but like no place, no cupboard for her to go run and hide in. And so, is Will the only one still alive in that world? If not, how has he not run into Barb? Because again, there's like only a couple of people in this world.
1: But I guess the world is still a, if pretty it, big. This world would still be the size of the world. Of Hawkins. You think Hawkins is the whole world? No,
0: sorry. I see what you mean. Like oh it's, yes, it's no, like, no, the I'm world. Sorry. Yeah, but like so there could both be all kinds Hawkins, of people
1: yeah. in. But yeah, maybe more people, maybe more creatures.
0: Yeah, true. I I'm really know. basing this on like the the pool scene alone, so I really have no idea.
1: But it's not I think pool, we yeah. have not seen the last of Barb.
0: Okay. I really hope not because I really like Barbara.
1: Me but, too. Me yeah. too. Um, so, yes, yeah,
0: so she uh, – that's kind of – tells him to go hide. The portal closes, basically, underneath the wallpaper. Um, Elle comes away from the radio, obviously very weak. We see that same treatment to her face where she, like, looks really, like, haggard. Her veins are all kind of popping out and everything, nosebleed. Yeah. And um, – Joyce is trying to figure out where this like portal thing has gone, but it is obviously not there anymore.
1: No, she hacks through that wall with an axe and it just goes straight to the outside, which was a great shot too of, of like, you know, the, she looks outside and it's like a bird chirping. Yeah. And then there's a shot in the opposite direction from outside through
0: to her, you know. Because that's not going to look crazy that you just axed a (laughs) hole through your wall. We already know. (laughs) Joyce doesn't give a fuck. Absolutely. So, yeah. (laughs)
1: Um okay, so Nancy and Jonathan are in the dark room trying to enlarge and lighten uh the the picture that um that Jonathan took that has the creature looming over Barb. um so just as a quick aside while they are waiting for it to develop, Jonathan mentions that he prefers photography to talking to people because he's he finds it to be more um truthful you know people don't always say um what they really think and if you capture the right moment in a photograph it can tell you more uh and then uh the picture develops the creature comes into view and nancy's like that's it that's what i saw um so now jonathan starts to believe everything that joyce has said um he says you know my mom said will's alive and nancy says well if will's alive then barb must be too I hope so, Nancy. I hope so, Nancy. Yeah,
0: I really liked – I I mean, I really like any opportunity to get to kind of see some insight into Jonathan's character. I liked his um, – when she asks what did he see into her, about her when he took her picture, and yeah. he just says, I shouldn't have taken that picture. Like, yeah. I, yeah, I really like the connection between these two characters, which definitely exists, and um, yeah, just kind of and, – and again – Given how you start this episode, which is just like nobody believes anybody, um, it's, you know, crazy to see at this point we're like talking about looking at a picture of the thing and talking about how this could mean that they're both alive. So more characters jumping onto that belief. Yeah, for sure. Um, so then we get this great exposition scene with Hopper. Um, he goes into the morgue. He forgot his hat. He's just such a natural at this, right? Because he just, yes. he's got the perfect. So to the secretary, he forgot his hat, no problem. Then he goes to the state trooper, who's not quite as easy to convince, so he just knocks him out. Yeah. And perfect. Um Goes to the body, and yeah, there's a great... So he touches the body, and obviously I think something feels weird that Yeah, like he, he reacts it. immediately
1: yeah. to the touch of the body. But
0: he's still freaked out when he pulls out his, like, knife, and he's going to stab it into the body. And you can just see the... Like, again, this guy is... He's just a great actor, too, and... You can see the internal struggle of, like, this is totally nuts. I'm going to, like, put my knife into it, and it's going to be a real body, and I'm an idiot. And then he puts the knife into it and pulls out cotton stuffing. And stuffing.
1: Like stuffing. Like I it's teddy mean, like- I mean, do you watch Preacher? No. Okay. Well, they just had uh, is a very a random scene where a small child was constructed out of ground beef. <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah, like... Fill it with meat. I don't know. <laughs> exactly. But one
0: well, Yeah. This gets back to the, like, harebrainedness of this idea, which I just am assuming it's part of the charm of that is Stranger Things at this point. Like, I don't think it's supposed to indicate that Hawkins Lab is not sophisticated. Obviously, it is. These people have, like, tricked people for yeah. decades. There's been, you know, newspaper clippings. They're, like, very good at cover-ups. So I don't think it's that. I think it's just, like, a little bit of a... Tip of the hat to like the campiness of well,
1: camp eighty. Yeah, party.
0: exactly because it's, that is just so insane yeah. that like <laughs> you
1: could you could do this. Well, cotton batting. Yeah, so, um, okay. So then a quick cut to Lonnie arriving at Joyce's house. We already talked about that. Yep. And then a second quick cut to Hopper approaching the Hawkins um lab fence with a pair of wire cutters, and he starts to cut away. End credits.
0: I feel like that's not well thought out. I you know what?
1: I'm like, I'm I'm rooting for him. Yeah. Well oh, I am too. Oh, of course. Yeah. But like I say go for it. I have no qualms about him breaking into that lab.
0: But like there's like a portal to another world in the basement where a guy just came back.
1: These are all true
0: facts. Well he yes. didn't come back, yeah.
1: I mean, there's definitely a chance that he could die. So I get where you're coming from. I
0: really wanted him to go back to Joyce. When he found out the Will was not real I was like, you need to go to Joyce because she has said this the whole time. What does she know? You know, and like, you need to go tell her that she is right. That is the first thing she needs to hear because like, you know, and go to her and Jonathan. Do you think that like,
1: especially as a cop, right? Do you think that there is a, a mindset, for instance, where he is protecting Joyce by saying nothing? If, for instance, he goes back and confirms to Joyce that it isn't Will's body and he suspects that it has something to do with the Hawkins lab, then potentially Joyce would want to go storming into that lab, make herself a target, cause a spectacle like she did in the street. And so he is protecting her from, you know, the, the you know, risk of going into the lab by not telling her what he knows yet. I'm not saying that that's the better route. I'm no, just- and
0: you, like, it may be, yeah, I guess... Um, I hadn't thought of it that way I guess I was thinking it was more him so there's kind of like two things happening here like Hopper thinks it's exclusively the Hawkins laboratory right yes. because he's like even he he, he doesn't does know not, about the creature that's right he doesn't believe in the like sci-fi aspect of this he's like but there is obviously something very wrong from that side. And then Joyce has no idea the Hawkins Laboratory is involved. She just thinks there's some kind of creature. So, like, the two sides of this don't know that the other side exists. And so, in that case, I, like, I wish as the watcher yeah. that they would connect these two pieces of information. That he would get a better sense. Although, I don't know how he would without seeing it. Because I really don't think, I think he's going to have to, like, see the creature before he thinks it's real. There's a picture. There's a picture. Good point. So, but the picture does look like National Enquirer level Yeah, Bigfoot (laughs) at this (laughs) point. We
1: found Sasquatch and also this crazy faceless man. (laughs)
0: That's right. But yeah, so there is that. like there's two things happening here and they haven't been connected yet. Um, And so I just was hoping that they would be better connected. But I don't see how anyone's going to see what Joyce has seen. Like even, yeah, if he shows up and she's got a hole through her wall.
1: So, okay. Question. Um, Do you feel like the discovery of the portal will then precipitate someone going in after Willenbar? Yes, I think so too. Agreed. That's the only way they're going to get them out. They go through the portal, or they tell them hunt to go find them the portal. down. I think that Hopper and or Joyce are going through that going portal. In?
0: Do you think Hopper and Joyce are both alive at the end of this? series? Maybe not
1: Hopper. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that would be like a fitting conclusion to his story sure. arc. Yeah. You know, to go out a hero.
0: But then the second season is going to be sad. Oh, yes. Although I assume so, the second season is not in Hawkins.
1: Yeah. Like, so I have not heard anything about second season because I have literally been avoiding all news. Um, but yeah, like. I, Other than I saw they're going to do it. They are going to do yeah. it. But yeah, like I didn't, I don't know if it, it is the case that they're treating this almost as a. You know, mini-series type deal where it's like, you know, true detective. To the makers
0: of Stranger Things, please pull a American Horror Story-esque, like, second season, not a Broadchurch second season. You cannot build, I feel, not having seen the conclusion of the first season, you cannot stay in this, this area. Like, you can't just... New town. Exactly.
1: New town, new characters. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I feel like
1: almost like this like season. I don't know. I feel like it's gonna be hard to recapture this like lightning in a bottle that was the
0: because you really didn't know what to expect. Like I no,
1: and it's like uh, honestly, like I, the novelty of the nostalgia of yeah. it all.
0: Yeah,
1: ha- has I mean, it's obviously a really well done show as well. Yeah, but there there is no doubt that part of its success. Well, I mean, like part of what makes it so great for me at least is that it is like you know watching a sh- uh, a movie from my childhood yeah but you know but it's new and it's fresh and you know it, totally yeah
0: and and that you didn't know like you knew it was going to be kind of scary or whatever but it's scary in a very like yeah, and, warm yes. and embracing way i don't and know, it's I, don't like, know was like. I,
1: don't, I didn't even know i was missing it yeah. Until I saw it. And I was like, oh, of course. Yeah. I I have been waiting all my life to see an 80s throwback comedy slash yeah. thriller starring kids like from the Goonies. Yeah. I mean.
0: Yeah. No, it's true. It's very true. <laughs> so, yeah. So, this was the end of uh, episode four. We've now held off quite a while. And we can go watch episode five. Thank
1: God. Thank
0: God. And, um yeah once again we appreciate everybody sticking around to the uh end of this recap and knowing that you probably have all watched stranger things like a month ago and maybe these (laughs) podcasts are serving you for reminders as to what happened in each of the episodes you're welcome (laughs) guys that's right um we promise future shows are going to be done in a more timely manner but you're Going through our learning curve with us on yes. this. so um, You
1: guys, you're really in at ground zero here. Yeah. You know, this is like, we will remember these days, Jess.
0: These are the podcasts we may not leave on the podcast channel. Oh my God, no. We don't,
1: we don't want to be known for these That's when right. we're like established podcasters. And we've done, you know, multiple shows. That's right. People want to go back in our, you know, library. And these are the first ones they listen to.
0: Just the audio. The
1: yeah. audio alone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, obviously, Cringe. our comments are on point.
0: <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. <laughs> Clearly. All of our hypotheses, completely accurate. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. Okay. okay so thanks, stay tuned guys. for episode five, and we will be back soon. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.